Amen. It is good to be with you for our final hurrah at the La Vista Conference Center. I, uh, this is our final hurrah of the, of the series called Know What You're For. Say for. See, I just think that when we're for something, rather than telling people what we're against, we're going to be a lot better witness. We're going to be a lot better friend. We're going to be a lot better coworker. We're going to be a lot, lot better boss, parent, child, all that. And in the final series, or the final message of this series, I'm going to tell you something. God is not only for you, but God is for growth. And, and God is for growth, not just individually, but collectively. And, and, and I know that because I've seen it in so many lives. I mean, you think about the beginning, what God said. He said, be fruitful and what? Multiply, right? Be fruitful and grow. And aren't you grateful that your parents took that command seriously, right? You wouldn't, but we, we're here today because of that. And, and not only are we supposed to grow individually, but as a church. See, the churches that you read about in the New Testament, we're going to look at one today, a church of Corinth, which is modern-day Greece. Those churches, if they don't plant other churches, if they don't grow, if they don't multiply, there is no Western world churches. There is no meadows. None of that's happening. So they took it seriously, and, and we as a church, we take it seriously. So, so why don't we do something real fun? Why don't you turn to two people and tell them congratulations. Just tell them congratulations. Yeah. If you're watching online, type in the comments right now. Congratulations. And you might be thinking, what are we congratulating each other for? Here's what we're congratulating. The fact that you today are a new parent. You're the proud parent of a little baby church called Crossover Church that is launching today. We had a baby. That sounds weird to say out loud. Guys, you got to be careful saying we had a baby. Because after, after your wife is in labor for eight hours, you're like, oh, we did it. She's like, you didn't do anything. Okay, you did nothing. You sat in the corner and cowered while I pushed out a human, okay? You did nothing. So anyway, so, but you guys, understand something. Here's what's so big about what's happening today. So we pl we're planting a church crossover. It's happening today in Bennington, Nebraska. And um, I'll give you stats. I've told you this before, but I gotta, you, you gotta, I want you to understand how significant it is. 94% of churches in America will never do what's happening, what we did today. They're not, they're not growing and multiplying. 94% are not doing what the New Testament churches did, are not doing, not that, not that we're, the all, we're the end all, but we are a church that we want to get the, about the Bible and we want to plant other churches because that's biblical. So you should feel really proud, I hope, that you're part of a church that, is, that really wants to get about the Father's business. It was never just about Meadows Church. It never, thank God it was never just about the church in Corinth or Galatia or, or Ephesus. If it was just about them, again, we wouldn't be here. So it's, it's, so, it's so critical that we get this. So I'm, I'm super proud of what God is doing in our church. And, but I'll tell you something. The fact that most churches, 94%, aren't doing it, it's, it's, I, I, I would venture to say that most, most churches aren't, aren't growing and multiplying, and most people aren't growing. Most people aren't because the people are, the, you know, you're the church. And most people, even if they come to church and, and come, a lot of people come to church, but they're not growing. And I really want to look at that today. I really want to challenge us today, inspire us today. I, I, I mean, I, I want you to know this, and this is the title of the message. And the screens in here don't work because the devil's trying to screw stuff up. Next week at Nebraska Christian, we're still working on those projectors too. So the devil's kind of crazy, isn't he? But we're going to get him going. And that video that I wanted to play last week, I'm playing it next week. And I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus, it's going to happen. So, um, so but we're, I'm really excited about today. God has more for you. Say that. Say, God has more for me. He does. He has more for you than you can dream or imagine. And I want to inst instill that in you. So when I talk about growth in this context, I'm talking about your spiritual growth. 
Now, if you're here today and you're not spiritual, praise God that you're here. If you're not religious, you found the right church. If, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I am so grateful that you walked through the doors because God brought you here. He wants to meet you here. He wants to change you here. And the fact that you're open to be here is huge. But I'll tell you this, spiritual growth, people don't even understand what it is. And if you don't, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. So spiritual growth, let me tell you what it is. Spiritual growth is progress. Say progress. Progress made in increasing our love for God and love for others. So it's, 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 I love people more today than I did yesterday. I love God more today than I did yesterday. It's easy to de- deceive yourself and say, okay, I'm, I'm doing that. Like, I love God more than I did a year ago. I love people more. We can say that, but let me continue with the definition. Spiritual growth is not based on what we believe. It is not based on what you believe. It's based on how you behave. Okay? That's huge that you understand that. Because we're, we are masterminds at deceiving ourselves. We do all the time. We will deceive ourselves in thinking that we're making progress, and we're not. Why, I'm in church, but, but, but are you being the church, right? So I, I'm glad that you're here. I'm going to get into that. It's so critical that we understand. It's not based on what you believe. It's based on how you behave. And if anybody knew that, it was Paul. So Paul was, um, he used to kill Christians, and then he led them. It's, it's talk about a transformation. And if he can do it in Paul, he can do it in you. Paul planted a church in Corinth. Again, that's modern-day Greece today. This church, was, this church was messed up. They would declare, we're growing. We're growing spiritually. We love God. We love people. And Paul called them out. Paul planted them, and then he went away to plant other churches and lead others, and he wrote them a letter saying, you guys, you believe these things, but you're not behaving correctly. And listen to what Paul says. So I'm preaching out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So it's in the New Testament. That's after Jesus came to earth and after. So, and these are letters that Paul wrote to these churches, that these first churches, and we're here because they were there. So here's what he says. Again, this church is, is believing they're growing spiritually, but they're behaving like they're not. Okay, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk, talk with you like, like I would with spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to the world, that you were lost like the world is lost, as though you were infants in Christ. I, I fed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. You're still controlled by that sinful nature of yours. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but I remember going to church even after I met Jesus, and I was, the sinful nature still had a hold of me. I mean, I, I, it, it, was, it takes, it's a process, right? Every day we're supposed to grow closer to Jesus. And I always say, you know how you're not growing spiritually? When your sinful desire is greater than your desire for, for God. How did I write it down? I should just read my notes rather than, okay, let's do that. So here's a good indicator. Your desire for sin is greater than your desire for God. When your desire for sin is greater than your desire for God, you're not growing spiritually. When your desire for your will is greater than your desire for God's will, you're not growing spiritually. So, and that's very common. And if that's you, I am glad you're here. That was them. The church in Corinth, their their, their desire for sin, it was greater than their desire for God. They couldn't see it. That's why Paul had to write the letter. Paul's like, I gotta write to these guys. You gotta get this to them because they're not seeing it. They're living wrong and they don't even know it. So Paul's like, you're jealous of one another. You fight with each other. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature? Look at you guys. Aren't, you're, not, you're, not, you're living like, he keeps saying, as the world lives. So the world, when, when it says the world in the Bible, it's referring to people that are lost. So aren't you living like the world? 
Like, like when, a, when, when some, of you, some of you say, I'm a follower of Paul. Another says, I'm a follower of Apollos, Paul's buddy. So uh, aren't you just acting like people of the world? So what the church in Corinth was doing, they were fighting over who, who they should follow. Like some of them, they were on board with Paul. Some of them, they were on board with Apollos. And Paul's like, you're, you're, you should be following either of us. It's like they're like saying, you know, well, my dad, is, my dad could beat up your dad. You know, it's kind of like... And it made me think, Jake, like when you're at school, what do you say about your dad? It's probably not my dad could beat up your dad. Maybe it's like my dad can quote more scripture than your dad. I, actually, I hope you're not saying that because soon you'll have no friends. And soon you'll be the one getting beat up. So, I mean, it's just, so don't say that. But, you know, so, but they were, that's what they're, well, Paul's better than him. And Paul's like, you guys don't, you're missing it. You're focused on me and Apollos. We're not all that. Okay, and, and he says it. Here's what he says. It says, after all, who's Apollos? Who am I? We're only God's servants whom you believe the good news. We just did the work the Lord gave us. I, I planted, I planted the seed, but Paul watered the seed, you know, but it was God that made it grow. Say grow. See, God cares about growth more than we can realize sometimes. He wants you to grow, I promise you. He wants his church to grow. I, I promise you he does. Listen, to, so it's God who made it grow. Healthy things grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. It needs to get done, but let's not point to me or point to Apollos. We're just doing the work the Lord gave us. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. There, he says it again. The one who plants and the one who waters, they, we work together with the same purpose, and we both will be rewarded for our own hard work. But it's God, it's God that does the growing. It's, it's, this is so funny that I read this scripture, and this God brought this to the close of the series because... We've been focusing in our family a lot about growth, um, not just with ourselves, but with, with uh, our landscaping that we haven't done in four years. So it was finally time for me to do some of it, which I've never done before. God, I wish I would, never would have got started anyway. So we go to look at plants, and we're looking at these plants, and I, know, I don't know anything about them. I, I know most are green, and if they're healthy, they should kind of grow, and maybe some flowers will come. Maybe they won't. I have no idea. So I show up at this place, and it's me, Jody, and my wife, my, my, my wife Jody, and my daughter, Ava. And I'm looking at, and there's so many options. I'm like, I have no idea. So this guy comes, I kid you not, this guy comes walking through and he works there. And I said, sir, I said, do you know a lot about like these plants and which ones? And he stops and he goes, he goes, I have a degree in horticulture and I work at the zoo. And I was like, well, Lottie freaking duh. You know, it's like, I don't even know what the horticulture means. I'm like, <laughs> but he was adamant. I don't you have a degree. There's a lot of people who have degrees and I don't. Paul, Ted Bundy was a serial killer. He had a degree in psychology, okay? I'm not letting him do my family therapy, okay? We want to kill our... We, anyway, so, uh, yeah. Um, so he's like, in the zoo, I don't know why he threw that in there. I was like, why the zoo? I don't know what you do at the zoo. You might scoop monkey poop. I don't know what you do at the zoo, you know? So not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, it, was, so he, it was just so funny the way he said it. So, but he did know his stuff. I'll, I'll tell you what, his degree, he did. So he starts telling me, in fact, um, Jake, grab that big plant. Let's, let's do something here. This is one of the plants he recommended. This is an azalea, if you don't know. So I, I didn't know that a couple weeks ago. Now I do. Look at that baby. So, so he, he's pointing to these plants and he's like, well, this plant, this, this grows best on the west side of the house. And this one grows best on the east side of the house. And this one grows in this type of soil. And this one grows, or is it going to get some hydration? Just say water. Why do you got to say, anyway, so, uh, you know, are you gonna, uh, this one needs hydration two times a week. And this one three times. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, dude, can you just get in the car and come home with me and just do this? Just, I mean, seriously, just take care of it. I had no idea what he was talking about. But why was he telling me all these things about how to, how to take care of the plant 
because he wanted the plant to be healthy. And he knows that if it's not set up to be healthy, it won't be healthy and it won't grow. Why is he saying all that? Because healthy things grow. If something is, if you're not growing, it, there's a sign that there's, there's something poisonous. There's something that is holding it back. God wants you to grow. If a church isn't growing, I tell church leaders this all the time, if the, God, God wants your church to grow, I guarantee you. Well, we've been 20 people and he wants us to stay 20 people. I don't know that he does. I, I don't, that's a club, that's not a church, okay? The, I, I'm pretty sure Jesus died for his church to grow, but, but it, the, the raid is up to him, but you have to make sure it's healthy. So this guy's, what, what, what he taught me, that, that Mr. Horticulture, he didn't know he was teaching me something about, about scripture, but he was. He was telling me that for this to grow and for you to grow, it's gotta be intentional. You, you, gotta, you, gotta, be, you gotta be committed. So, so for your notes, if you're taking notes, if spiritual growth requires commitment and effort. Say commitment. Say effort. Both. It won't happen by accident. I promise you, it will not. If I took this plant home and I just, say I grab this plant and I get home and I dig a hole, just dig it somewhere, and I chuck the plant in the hole. I do nothing else. I don't even fill it back up. I'm just like, oh, there it is. It's done. Is that plant going to make progress? No. Is the plant going to change? The answer is yes. It will change. Not for the better. It will start to die. It will not be living. It will be dying. So pro see, progress, change is inevitable. You're going to, see, you're changing whether you know it or not. And the older you get, the more you realize it. Every wrinkle, every age spot, every gray hair will remind you, you are changing whether you acknowledge it or not. Change is inevitable, but progress is optional. My question is, will you progress? Will, will you make progress in your walk today? That's why God brought you here. For this to make progress, it has to be in a healthy environment. That it was so huge that you get this. So, I wrote this down. Where there's no progress, there's no growth. And where there's no growth, there is no life. Where there is no growth, there is no life. I, I, you are either growing or you're dying, I promise you. And there are people walking around, and there are some of you, you're here today, some of you, you're watching online, and you feel a darkness in you. And you, and you feel like a weight that's on you. And you feel like just, just a void that's like there in you. You know what I'm saying? And some of you, I don't have to talk you into it because you know who you are. And, 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 and it's because you're not growing. And you might think, well, what do you, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm, I'm here. I, I mean, I'm going to church. And that's awesome. And, and, and I'll, I'll just say it for the people watching online and listening. Some of you, that's what you need to do is you need to get back to the church. Okay, because you've gotten out of the habit. And I don't say that because I want church attendance. I, can, I want you to grow. And I know where it happens best is in community. And I know the definition of church, it's not just watching your favorite pastor online or listening to your favorite worship uh, music. You can do that. It's not church. See, a church, the Greek word for church is ecclesia. Say ecclesia. Ecclesia. You know what that means? Assembly. It means gathering. Called out assembly. It literally is a gathering. And so many people are missing it. And do I want people watching Meadows Church online? Uh, yes, I do. But if you're in the Omaha area I, and you're, you're, you're healthy and you feel good about that, you should be here. You should be here. And if you're watching or listening and you're not in the Omaha area, Meadows isn't your church home. I'll just say it to you. You can watch and you can be inspired and you can learn and you can grow with, with us in Scripture, but you need to get to a local church. You need to get to a local church because you need to be a part of the body of Christ. It's biblical. And so many people have gotten out of the habit. Not because they're bad people, but because we get out of the habit. We get off track. I, I, I've done it a lot, a lot in my life. So I'm not judging. I'm just saying. The, so going to church, but going to church is like buying the plant. It's, it's, it, you, it's, it's a great start. 
you've got the plant and you got it. But, but if it just stops there, you're missing out. If it never goes in the hole, if it never gets filled back up, if it never gets nurtured, you're never going to live the purpose that God has for you. But you got to get the plant. So I'm proud of you for being here. I'm proud of you for coming next week as we rock out Nebraska Christian College and rip it up and party. It's going to be incredible. So, but I'll tell you this. Jesus didn't call us just to go to church. Jesus didn't say go and attend church. Jesus called us to be the church. See, and when Jesus said, I will build my church, you know what he was saying? I want to build you. I want to grow you. I want to change you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do something in you. He wants to change you. Man, when my voice starts cracking like I'm going through puberty, you know I'm getting excited. So that was weird. So anyway, church. So, and I'll tell you this. This was me growing up in the church. I went to church all my life growing up, just like you're here today. And I sat in church, and I checked it off the list, and I left. Nothing changed. I was not growing. I was dying spiritually. I was not growing spiritually. I promise you that. So you can, and the devil will deceive us. Well, I'm doing it. I'm going to church. Yes, you are. And that's buying the plant. That's what you're doing. But, but if you're not growing, is it God that's preventing the growth? Absolutely not. God wants things to grow. So if it's not God doing it, it's, it's us preventing it, and we don't even know it. So it takes effort and it takes commitment. And where there is little effort, there's little growth, okay? But, but where there's more effort, where there's more commitment, that's when you're going to grow. That's when you're going to see change. This is so, and I, I tell you, that's when you're gonna make an impact. That's when you're gonna live your purpose. And I'll say this, I'll just wanna speak for you. I know you wanna make an impact. I know you want your life to count. I know you wanna make a difference in the world. And I'll tell you this, Jesus Christ wants it too. Jesus Christ wants it too. Jesus did not die on a cross so that we might make a dent. He died on a cross so that you and I might make a difference in the world. It's big. You have a part to play. God has more. Say more. He's got more for you. That's why you're here. That's why you're watching. He's got more for you. We're not just playing church. I want to be the church. I want God to use me and change me. And you do too. But understand this. I told you earlier, spiritual growth, it takes effort and it takes commitment. You've got to get it into the ground. You've got, you've got to wrap around uh, dirt around it. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to water it. You've got to, it's got to get light. So all these things have to happen. It's not easy. And the other thing you need to know is this. Spiritual growth takes time. Say time. If I grab this plant and I take it home, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've already planted some of these in my house around my house in the last couple weeks, you know, and I've been watering them, and I've been doing exactly what Mr. Horticulture told me to do, and you know what? When I went out there yesterday to water them, they didn't look any different. They looked the same. In fact, some don't look quite right, so hopefully, just pray for those. Anyway, so I'm doing my part, but in two weeks, I see no change. Here's the thing. You think they're changing? I do. I don't see the change, but do you think they're strengthening in the dirt? You think the roots are starting to grow down deep? I believe they are. See, the growth isn't what you see, it's what you don't see. That's the power and growth. That's faith, by the way. Let me give you the definition of faith. Not mine, but the Bible's. It's pretty good. So Hebrews 11.1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Oh, I hope it's going to grow. Oh, I hope it's going to be beautiful. It's what I hope. Now watch this. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. It's the evidence of things. See, if you could see it, it wouldn't require your faith, would it? If I could see, oh my gosh, the plants are flourishing, they're doing great, I don't need faith to believe that. I can see that they're doing great. But when I go out there today and I look at those plants and those stupid plants look the same as they looked two weeks ago, I gotta trust by faith, God is strengthening. God is growing. Roots are growing deeper. A foundation is being built. I wonder if you believe that for your life. 
that you believe that God is doing something I cannot see. I promise you, if you, if you, if you are nurturing, if you are, if you are intentional, if you are committed, if you, if you have effort, if you trust the time and the process, man, God grows us little by little. God delivers us little by little. I wrote that down a couple times. It's so key that you get this. Man, and so many people, here's how we deceive ourselves. We're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm growing. Uh, My life is changing. I'm making a big impact. Here's the problem. You're so busy making an impact and trying to do everything, you're not doing anything, at least spiritual. People are more busy now than they've ever been. You know that and I know that. I don't have to talk you into that. You know that. And I can fall in that same category. I'm guilty of that many times. But but, but we we will convince ourselves, okay, I got I to gotta buy the plant, I got to plant the plant, I got to water the plant, and I'm going to grow the plant. And you're going to do it all. Okay, I got 14 things I'm going to do today. Oh my gosh, today, what do I got to do? Today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to fix my spouse. Okay, that's 8 to 11. Well, maybe 8 to noon, he's really jacked up. So 8 to noon, going to fix my spouse from, you know, then I got to straighten out the kids. And then I got to counsel the coworkers. And then I got to stop global warming. And then I got to save the koalas. Oh my gosh, God, I have no time to connect with you. I got a lot to do. And God's like, really? You're, you're going to do it all. How about instead of us thinking that we're going to do it all, that we're going to fix him or save her, what if we were to connect to the one? What if we were to trust the one who's in the business of fixing, who's in the business of changing, who's in the business of saving? That's what he does. Let God do what he does. Let God be God. If you do your part, I promise you God will do his. But you have a part to play. If it never gets planted, if it never gets purchased, if it never gets watered, it won't grow. It won't grow. God wants it to grow. When I say it, I mean you. God wants you to grow. God wants you to grow. God, he wants you to grow. Wants you to grow. So it's so funny. So I've been back to uh, Lowe's Nursery, I I suppose 47 times in the last two weeks. It's been interesting. Um, And then if Lowe's don't have it, I'll go to Home Depot. Anyway, so they know me by name. So I'm there recently, and I I bought uh, some some full sun plants. At least they need full sun, okay? whatever. So anyway, it's really frustrating. So, but they got to have full sun, otherwise they're going to die. So I get these plants, or I get this plant, and they're roses, like these red roses are really cool. So I get this plant up there, and, and she's like, uh, <laughs> this lady was so funny. She's like, she goes, no, you got to prune it. You got to prune it. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to prune it? She's like, yeah, yeah, you got to cut, she goes, you got to cut away the dead stuff. And she pointed to the dead leaves. And she goes, you got to cut those away. If you don't cut those away, the dead stuff, it won't grow. It won't grow properly. And I'm like, wow, wow. That makes a lot of sense. See, here's what I'm saying to somebody. There's something that's attached to you that's dead, and it's holding your growth back. It's dead or dying. And it might, it, it, maybe it didn't start out to be a bad thing. It might have been a good thing. At one time, it was leafy. At one time, it was green. But now it's all of a sudden, it's turned brown, and it's turned crusty, and it's turned crispy, and it's dying. And, and maybe, I don't know, I can't, maybe it's a relationship. A relationship that was, was once healthy, but now it's become toxic and poisonous. And, and it's still attached to you, and you still want it to somehow work, but now it's prohibiting growth all around you because this one little dead piece that you can't let go in your life. What, is it that? Is it something that started out as a habit, now it's an addiction? And it wasn't a bad thing at first. It was just a casual thing. It wasn't even a sin, but now it's turned into something that's it's, it's bringing death to you, and you can't let it go. Oh, God, I wonder who I'm preaching to. That, 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 it's, that, it's, that it's just everything is being impacted by it. Is it, is it what you're watching? And it used to be just maybe watching one show and now you're watching a whole bunch of shows and you know it's not bringing you life, it's bringing you death. It's maybe it's what you're listening to. And you know these the songs that are on your iPhone, gosh, they used to, I, they, they weren't that bad, but now the more I closer I get to Jesus, the more that I know they're not right and they're just not, they're, they're inhibiting my growth. 
What is it for you? What, what is dead in your life that you need to prune away? And this lady was so funny. You know what she did? She's like, well, let me just help you. So she grabs, she hasn't even checked me out. I'm at the checkout. And she grabs his little shears and she's like, she's cutting away. I'm like, dang, I'll take you home too, lady. You do this. Oh, I mean, I loved her. So she's going to town on it. And you guys, it was so funny. So this was weird. She's pruning it and she's, and she's talking. I thought she was talking to me. She starts talking to the plant, and she starts calling her a she. She's like, oh, she loves when you cut this stuff away. And I thought, I thought she, is there something I need? Is there, how, how could, like, how do you tell? I mean, am I, is there a certain, anyway, so I didn't, but she's talking to this plant, and she's cutting it away. She's like, and then she goes to me, she goes, she goes, who, who, who are you going to put around her? And I'm like, what? First of all, stop calling it her. It's weird, okay? Secondly, what do you mean, who am I going to put around her? She goes, these love to have friends around them. And I'm like, lady, you are writing my sermon right now. It was just crazy. It's like, she, it was nuts. She's like, so, so Jay, grab some friends because I grabbed these little things and she's like, you know, if you plant around this thing, they feed off each other and they make each other healthy. And I just, it blew me away. So I picked up some little plants. These, I can't remember the name, Buggleweed, Boogle, I don't know. So you Google it. They're gonna, so they're gonna, what are they color? I think they're gonna end up being blue or, or purple. We don't know. So, I, I really don't know. So, yeah, we're putting friends. As she, would, she said friends. She's talking to it like it's her firstborn daughter. It's weird. So, so she starts saying, you got to place these. you got to put something around it because she'll be more healthy with this around her. And I kid, I, I'm like, this is, she's making my job easy. She, so I wrote it down. Relationships play a huge role. They're essential for your growth. Now, understand something. Somebody right now, what you're thinking is, well, i got relationships in my life. I've got people in my life, and they might be good people. They're good friends. Where I, would, where I would press in a little bit is I would ask you, are those friends getting you in the Word daily? Are you discussing Scripture and how you can feed on the Word of God and your life change through the Word of God? If that's happening, praise God. That's what I want for your life. If they're just friends, that they speak into, they speak into each other, but there's no Bible um, foundation behind it. Man, I, I want to I wanna get you around other people, too. I want to get you around people that really want you to grow. They really want to encourage you. They really want to feed you on the word of God because that is spiritual nourishment. She said, that lady was so funny. She's pruning away, and we're talking about little friends. It was like, it was just nuts. It was like, it's kind of like that dude, that Bob guy. Remember, he used to paint those pretty little trees? Well, she's, she's painting pretty little plants, and it was fun. So, but she was, it was so funny. So when it comes to church, or when it comes to, when I say church, I'm talking to you. I'm talking about you. You're the church. Never forget that. I don't care what building we're meeting in. I don't care where it's at. That doesn't mean a whole lot to me. We need a place to gather together, yes, but you're the church. That's, that's brick and mortar, whatever. I, you're the church. So churches need to grow larger and smaller at the same time. That's what I believe. What I mean by that is we're growing and we're becoming a larger congregation. But as we do that, we need to connect with each other, right? We need to have smaller connections. Otherwise, you know, we, we, you, you will never, if you never connect, you'll never grow to where God wants you to grow. So, so I'm thinking about that. And, and sometimes I have conversations. People will come to church and they're like, oh my gosh, you're a newer church. I love that. And you're not a huge mega church. And I love that because I, my last church I went to was some big church and I got lost and I couldn't connect. And I, I immediately cringe. I think to myself, you may not stick around real long. You may, you, I'm just saying we're not going to be this size all the time. That's not our goal. Well, I don't, don't, be good, don't become a mega church. Well, if you want to get biblical... The first church in Jerusalem was a megachurch. See, when 3,000 people are added to the church in one day, that's a megachurch. And, and here's what, if you read that scripture in Acts when Peter preached the message, here's what God didn't say. Oh, crap. Peter, you moron. You, you preached so good. 3,000? It's too many. 
There's too many. People aren't going to connect. They're going to get lost. They're not going to be able to. Oh, Peter screwed it up again. God doesn't say that. You know what happened when 3,000 people got added to the church? Heaven rejoiced. Heaven rejoiced. Heaven rejoiced. This is so key that we catch this. Man, church has to grow larger and smaller at the same time. And we, we all say, well, if, if, it's, if, we're gonna grow, it's, if we're gonna grow, it's up to God. Really, God does make it grow, but it's not up to God, it's up to you. Repeat it for me, say, if it's to be, it's up to me. It is up to you. It's not up to God. God will do what God always does. I promise you, his promises ring true every time. It's not on him, it's on us. So if we're going to grow, we gotta make sure that we're planted. We gotta make sure there's watering. We gotta make sure that there's, 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 um, there's um, uh, planting and watering. God, it will grow. A byproduct is growth. You don't have to force it. When those plants out my landscaping, I don't have to sit there and will them to grow. Mm, mm, I don't have to do that. That'd be weird. My neighbors already think I'm weird, so that wouldn't be good. So um, <laughs> don't do that. So you, I don't have to will them to grow. Growth just happens, but it's not up to God. It's up to you. And understand something. It's not your spouse's responsibility that you grow. Though men, I always talk to the men because I'm a, I'm a guy, so I'm going to speak to the guys. You, guys, you're supposed to be the spiritual leader of your home. And so you should, be, you, should be a, you should have a part to play there. And if you're not, man, keep coming and we'll, we'll work, we'll grow together. But there's so many women that I know that, that come without their spouse and I'm proud of them. And I tell them, don't, don't, if he doesn't want to go, come anyway. It's up to you anyway. It's not up to him, it's up to you. And, and I don't want to just pick on the guys because there's guys that come here with, and, and she doesn't come to church. So it's not just always one way. But I always say it's not up to them anyway. But what, 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 where, where it hurts my heart is when he or she doesn't come because, well, I want to do it with them. Well, you know what? Eventually, I'm not, we're not talking about separating in the marriage. I'm just saying sometimes you need, to, you need to grow. It's not up to anybody else. It's up to you. It's not up to your spouse. It's not up to your coworkers. It's not up to your friends. It's not even up to your pastor. Like I see most of you an hour, hour plus a week. So if that's all you're relying on to grow and become who God wants you to become, you're not going to live your purpose. It's so key that we catch this, and, and most people will miss this, and I don't want you to miss this because it's huge. It is huge for your life. So I wrote it down. I said, think about your health, since we're talking about healthy things growing. Think about your physical health. Is it up to the doctor? Doctors don't make you healthy. Your coach isn't going to make you good. Your teacher's not going to make you learn. Trainer's not going to make you fit. It's your choices to be healthy. It's your choice to be good. It's your choice to learn. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's up to you. And it's up to me. And, and, and we talk about life groups all the time. And whether you're in a life group or your own small group, I don't care what it is. It just needs to be, it needs to be in a group of people. And the foundation is the word of God. That's all I want. We, we have life groups or small groups. And that's exactly what they're all about. Is we help each other grow closer to God on the foundation of God's word. That's what we do. We love each other. We pray for each other. We're there for each other. And sometimes people will get into a life group and they're, they're like, ah, I tried it once. Ah, it was weird. People are weird. And you're shocked? Yes, people are weird. My gosh, look around you. Holy cow. The stats say three out of four people are weird. So look around right now to three people around you. Okay, ask yourself, you're right, who's the, who, are, who are the weird ones? The answer is you. Okay, you're the weird one. So you're the weird one. Three out of four people are weird. It's so funny, though, because people are like, well, I tried it, it didn't work, so I'm done. And I'm like, that's it? Oh, I went to church. Uh, it, it's not for me. It, you went one time, okay? You sat there, and you went to the bathroom 14 times during it, so you missed most of it. So, I mean, <laughs> but we give up. It's so funny. Why are you giving up on your dream? 
Why are you giving up on what God has for you? Don't do it. Are you expecting it to be easy? It won't be. I just talked to somebody before the service. We were talking about it. Deb, you know who you are? We talked and we said it's not easy. We just think it's going to fall into place. Well, I'll go to a group and I'll gel with everybody and they're going to become my best friend after the first week. No, it won't be easy. You're going to face opposition this week. You're go- people are going to cut you off in traffic this week. It'll probably be me. I apologize in advance, okay? So, my gosh, you are, you are going to, <laughs> you're going to interact with weird people this week. You're going to interact with crazy people this week. And if you don't know any crazy people, I'll let you borrow some of mine because I know a ton of them. You're, it's not going to be easy. Why do we think living in the will of God is simple? Growth takes work. I already, what were your main points? Effort, commitment, time. We don't want none of that. The greatest temptation for a follower of Jesus is to do what's easy rather than what's right. I don't want to spend the time. I don't, I don't want to wait, God. If nothing's happening. I see no flowers. I see no growth. God's like, you keep watering. You keep planting. I will grow it. There's stuff happening underneath. There's things going on underneath that you don't see. It's so key that we catch this. God, life groups are critical. Uh, critical for you. And I talk to people in our church, and they never dream they'd be in one, and they're in one. And I love watching it. Oh, I'd never do this. I'd never do that. Never say never to God. You'd be surprised what he'll do. If, you're, if, you're, if you have questions, maybe you're interested, even online and you live in the area, man, write life, or type life group in the comments. The cards, you can write it on your connect card, the green cards, write life group. In fact, you can text, you can text a life group, all one word to 474747. We'll connect with you. No commitment. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to talk about it. But it won't be easy. It won't be easy. You're not going to be like, oh, I can't wait to text. No, you're probably hesitant right now. You're probably thinking right now, I'm pretty busy. Oh, that's just another thing in the week. I, that's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Trust me. Stop investing in so many things and start investing in the most important things. That is you. The most important person in your life is you. Because if you're not healthy, no one around you will be. You understand that, right? Uh, you should, oh, my spouse is the most, they shouldn't be the most important person. Oh, my kids are the, your kids better not be the most important person. They better not be. If they are, you're in dire trouble. You need to be the most important. If you don't invest in you, these guys will never be healthy, ever. I beg you to invest in you. And, and that's why I will continually point you in a direction. I can't, I can't force you to jump in the hole. I can't force you to water and plant. I can't force that, but I, I, I can offer it. It's, it is, it's the same with dream teams, our serving teams. As we approach Nebraska Christian College, the way it's set up there and the layout, it's going to require more people to be the church. And, and I'm so excited about what God is doing. You need to hear my heart. I don't know what's going to happen with Nebraska Christian College. It's weird that we're there. It's not weird. It's just God. He's, I don't know why I get surprised when I see his promises come true. But for, but for us to really go to another level as a church, we need people to be the church, not just come, but be the church. And the dream teams, those are our serving teams. And, and our kids' ministry, we're looking for people. And our host team, we're looking for people. And guest services, we're looking for people. I'm looking for somebody to, to clean Nebraska Christian weekly. Maybe that's you. You're going to come in Saturdays to clean for an hour. Looking for that. Look, That's a way we can bless them. They have a guy that does, all, he works full-time and does that. I said, don't worry about that. We'll take care of it. You're letting us, we get to use it and we're paying for it, but still, we want to bless them. We're fixing the projectors out there on us because we want to bless them. We want to be a blessing, not a burden. You want to be a blessing, not a burden. 
I want you to pray about a dream team. Don't pray too long because God has a role for you in the church. And so many people will get excited and talk about it, but then Monday rolls around and it kind of falls by the wayside. This church will never become all that God wants it to be without you being a part. Do you believe healthy churches grow? Raise the hands. Do you believe healthy churches grow? You believe that, right? That's what we're talking about. Raise your hand. Do you believe healthy people grow? If you're healthy, you'll grow. Right? Yeah. I mean, most of you believe that. I hope all of you do, actually. Do you believe that if we did our part planting and watering, God will grow it? Do you believe that? You do your part, God does his part? It'll happen. So if we believe it, we need to live it. So many people, see, the church in Corinth, you know what they believed? We're a good church. We're a loving church. You know what they were living? Out of control. They weren't living that way. And this is where the devil tries to win his game. And I'm not going to let him do it. Neither will you. Because God's calling on your life is too good. It is too great. It is too big. It is too big. Stop thinking so small. God wants to use you in such a mighty way. It's time that we live what we believe. You just said, I believe these things. Let's live it today. What step will you take today to become healthy? A life group, a dream team. Maybe it's something else that's not even mentioned in the message, but the Holy Spirit is speaking it to you. Paul was, so, so the church in Corinth, here's the deal with them. Every time I feel bad about myself, like, oh, I'm such a sinner, I just read about this church and I feel better about myself. <laughs> they were so messed up. They were getting hammered at communion, okay? Now, we've never done that. As far as I know, you haven't done that. But that's what, they were that bad. They were out of control. Getting drunk at communion, uh, sleeping with other people's wives and husbands. It was just out of control. And that's who Paul's speaking to. He's like, you guys, are, you believe Jesus and you believe in love, but you're, you're living like the world. You're living out of control. And Paul starts to speak into their lives. Here, at the end of the day, the church in Corinth changed the world. They would plant churches. Who would plant churches? Who would plant churches? Were they messed up? Yep. But did Paul's letters of encouragement help them? Yep. Did a lot of them get on board and start being the church instead of just showing up at church to bicker and complain about worldly things? Yep. So communion, we're going to celebrate it. It's crazy because Paul writes about communion in verse or in chapter 11, same book, 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to read it to you. And communion, just so you know, communion is for those that you believe in Jesus, you, 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 you've asked him to come into you and make you new, you're saved, that's me, that means. And if that's not you, you don't have to take communion, you, but, but I want you here. I mean, we do all this for you. To, this is, we want to reach you. We want to lead you to Jesus. We love you. Love all of you. So, so, but Paul writes this, listen to this. He says, I'm passing on to you, church in Corinth, in Greece. I'm passing on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Paul met Jesus. He met a resurrected king named Jesus. Paul was a killer, a murderer. Uh, uh, he, he, was, he was not a good individual. And maybe you feel like I'm not a good individual. I'm telling you what, Jesus wants to meet you here. He met Paul and changed him. Jesus wants to meet you and change you. So Paul says, I got this from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to God for it and he breaks it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what, what is, what is uh, Paul writing about? He's writing about Jesus on a cross. Jesus broken on a cross. And Jesus said, I did it for you. I gave my body up for you. I gave everything up for you. I gave my life up for you. So every time that you eat the bread and you, you, you drink the cup, which I'll talk about, I, uh, I want you to remember what I did for you. And that's what we're doing. If you're a believer, that's what we're doing here. So even as I say this, the host team can grab the table and you can bring it right up front here. 
I'll continue. So he talks about the bread, and then he talks about the cup. He says, in the same way, Jesus at this last supper with his 12 buddies, he did this. He took a cup of wine after supper, and he said, this is the cup of a new covenant. Say new. It's new. Jesus didn't come to fix you up. He came to make you new. He'll do it if you let him. This is the cup of a new covenant, a covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood. So the, the wine, the juice, whatever we, whatever churches use, it represents the blood of Jesus. It's weird that blood that stains, you know, blood stains, you can't get it out. It's weird that Jesus is, man, it, it doesn't make things red, it makes things white as snow. It makes things clean and clear. It's what it will do for you. An agreement confirmed by my, my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. We're gonna play a song, and after the song, just I want you to sit back down, and I'm gonna pray a closing prayer for you. But the communion, and these are little, these are kind of weird. So when you come up, and you can just take it up here, and you'll go row by row, front to back. Uh, but you, the top, the top is, it, there's a top tab, and that's where the bread is. And then you pull the bottom tab, and that's where the drink is. So I wish I would have invented that. So anyway, they're pretty cool. So, but that's what they represent. And the reason why we do communion is because we're remembering what the Lord did for us. And if you don't understand that, I'm going to try to help you understand that before we leave today. But um, we're going to sing. And as we start singing, uh, I'll have ushers come to the front or the host team come to the front. And they're just going to release you row by row. And, and, and they'll release you, I don't know, let's say front to back. Let's do that. Let me pray for you. And then you're going to come to communion if, 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 you're, if you want. And then uh, once you come sit back down, I'm going to close. God, thank you for the gift of communion. I pray that as people come up, they'll remember your goodness and your grace and your love and your mercy and your sacrifice. What you did for us, we can't even fathom and we can never pay you back, but we want to receive it today. So God, have your way during this time of fellowship and this time of communion together in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, I'm going to leave, leave you with one scripture today. I'm reading in my group that I'm in, the book of Acts. And in Acts 20, the guy that wrote that letter to the church in Corinth, he also, uh, he, well, he's, he's living the book of Acts out with other disciples. And in Acts, Luke wrote it, but listen to what he writes. He writes, I have what, I have one, I have what, get excited, Sarah. Easy for you to say. All right. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike. What is, what is, he, what is Luke writing? He's saying that this message is for all people. The message I give you is for, for not just the Jews or the non-Jews. It's for all, everybody. The necessity of repenting of my sin and turning to God and having faith in Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is the gospel. That we would repent. We would turn from what we've been doing. We would turn towards the Father. As we come to the altar, we come to God. We say, God, I don't want to live that way anymore. God, I don't want to do those things anymore. God, I don't want to talk that way anymore. God, I don't want to hurt people anymore. anymore. God, I don't want to speak that way anymore. I want to grow. I want to be spiritually grow. I want, to, I want to give my life to you. I want Jesus, like the blood that we talk about and the body that we talk I want Jesus in me. That's what he's saying. And I love that he says it's for all people. In Acts, the first church struggled because they had a hard time letting non-Jews in. And Paul and others kept saying, stop it. It's for everybody. This church, it's for everybody. There is no we and they. It's us. So I wrote it down. In a world that's so divided, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about what we're for, not what we're against. That's, what, that's the church that we're going to be. The world is divisive, the world is angry, but Jesus came to bring love, and Jesus came to bring unity. That's why he came. 
We, and we all need him. We all do. And he came for all. I wrote it down. Men, you need Jesus. And women, so do you. We all do. Black people and white people need Jesus. Rich people and poor people need Jesus. Young people and old people need Jesus. Strong people and weak people need Jesus. Republicans and Democrats need Jesus. Vaccinated and unvaccinated need Jesus. People who wear a mask, people who don't wear a mask, they need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And Jesus brought you here today so he can meet you here today and change you today. God wants to change somebody. He loves you. He loves you. So my invitation, I don't, I rarely do this, is pray a prayer of salvation with you. But I like to change, I like to shake things up. So whether you're sitting or standing, it doesn't matter. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is prevalent in this place today, I don't care if you're watching or listening online, the Spirit is moving. And He's moving in you. And I don't know what He's telling you. Maybe it's about groups. Maybe it's about serving. Maybe it's about something completely different. But the Holy Spirit is speaking it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity to just come clean before the Father. To just say that, you know what? I, 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 I've messed up and I've been places I shouldn't go and I've done things I shouldn't do. And you, you've sinned. And I have too. And you've fallen short. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray. And if you want to, to, to receive Christ... And even if you have received Christ, I'll, I'll invite you to pray it along with me because I don't like people praying alone. And I don't want people to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, it'll just be me praying. I don't, we're a family. So for the benefit of everybody here, if you're saved, you can pray along with me too. But if you're ready to accept Christ, listen, you being good doesn't save you. You, you doing good things won't save you. You, you. you trying to change your life won't save you. You accepting the grace of God through, through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that saves you. I want that for you today because nothing is more important. If you're going to live your purpose and you're going to shout about what you're for and you're truly going to change and grow spiritually, it will not happen without Christ in you. And today you can, you can ask him to come into you and make you new. And that's what we're going to do now. So if you want to pray this prayer for me, you can. Heavenly Father, you can repeat after me if you, if you want to pray the prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for being here today. I admit that I messed up. I've done things I shouldn't do. Said things I shouldn't say. But it's a new day. I thank you for Jesus. I believe he was the son of God. I believe he is the son of God. I believe he died on a cross for me. I believe he rose from the dead for me. By, by my faith, I give my life to you, Father. I ask the Holy Spirit to come into me and make me new. I give you my life and I accept new life in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all say, would you give God some praise for people that came to know Christ today? Can you shout louder? Can you shout louder? Can you shout louder? God, we thank you. We love you. We, wanna, we want more of you grow us in this place today. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, but don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, 
family member. I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I wanna ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.